What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, something kind of new today. I was just uh, looking into this. I was reading about it, thought I would share it with you guys. And we're going to talk about some unexpected stadiums that teams, the MLB teams have used as their home as their home stadium. This might be even your team. We might even talk about your team. Some unexpected places where teams have played home games over the years, you know, for one reason or another. I think this is pretty fitting considering, you know, what we might see this coming season. No one really knows if the 2020 season will happen, but it, it's looking likely to happen. But if it happens, there have been talks about, you know, neutral sites. There have been talks about, you know, extended playoffs going into November, which would then bring neutral sites because you can't play in cold weather cities, et cetera, et cetera. But let's look into times in history where some unexpected stadiums have hosted major league ball clubs. So, you know, everyone knows that the Dodgers, not everyone, let me not assume, but in case you didn't know, like the LA Dodgers used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers. They actually were the Brooklyn Dodgers when Jackie Robinson played on this team, but they moved to LA in 1958. And, you know, Vin Scully went along with them. But there was a time when they played in New Jersey. So we're talking 15 games, 1956 to 1957. They played at Roosevelt Stadium in Jersey City, New Jersey. So, you know, this was a time when this is right around the time they were looking to move. Just before they moved to L.A., their owner, Walter O'Malley, was desperate to escape Ebbets Field. You know, that was in New York City. And as part of the team's strategy to put pressure on New York City officials, the Dodgers agreed to play seven games in Jersey City's Roosevelt Stadium in both 1956 and 57. And the, the point of this was basically that they, they were trying to get out of, they were really trying to get out of New York. And th this was like one step out the door. So... They actually won six of their eight games in Jersey City in 1956 and five of eight games in 57. I mean, you, you had some legends who homered there. Ernie Banks, Willie Mays, Frank, Robin, Frank Robinson, I'm sorry, Jackie Robinson, you know, were among some of the legends to homer there. The final game at Roosevelt Stadium was on September 3rd, 1957. So that means that even in their final month as the Brooklyn Dodgers, Brooklyn didn't even get a full home slate, a full home slate of games. Uh, you know, a few weeks later, they played their final game representing Brooklyn, and then they packed up a few weeks later. Then they packed up for California, leaving both their home parks behind, both Brooklyn and New Jersey. So the New Jersey thing was kind of like a, a stop on the way out west to California. The second stadium was, well, I guess it's a stadium that different team used, but the Yankees actually left the Bronx from, from 1974 to 1975. They played at Shea Stadium, which is where the Mets played. You know, the Yankees actually spent their first two decades in Manhattan. Um, they had a stadium called Hilltop Park, and then they shared, you know, first it was Hilltop Park, then they shared the polo grounds with the New York Giants. And then the original Yankee Stadium, which is the one we know as the house that Ruth built, that opened in 1923. You know, that was in the Bronx. So the Yankees 
move there in 1923 for good, except for 1974 and 75. Five decades after Yankee Stadium opened, it, the stadium was actually owned by a Houston-based Rice University. It's a very long story, but the stadium was in dire need of upgrades. So in 1972, New York City stepped in to purchase Yankee Stadium from Rice University. And when those renovations started after the 1973 season, the Yankees were forced to find a new home while their stadium was being renovated. So for 159 games over the next two years, that home was Shea Stadium. They played their home games at Shea Stadium for two seasons. Because keep in mind, you play, you know, you play half your games at home, obviously. So that's all 81 home games per year. So that means for a handful of short-term and generally not memorable Yankees, some of those players you know, experienced this period in club history. I mean, there are a lot of guys who people don't really remember. But, um, yeah, guys like, I guess the most notable one was Catfish Hunter. Um, he, you know, he was a player with the Yankees at that time. But that's a fun fact. The Yankees played at Shea Stadium for two seasons. The next one is the White Sox playing 20 games in Milwaukee from 1968 to 69. There was a period in time where Milwaukee didn't have any Major League Baseball because it was right after the Braves left for Atlanta. And, you know, Bud Selig was actually, you know, he was local to Milwaukee and he, he wanted baseball to stay. I mean, he, he was a huge baseball fan. He tried to prevent the Braves from leaving. But, you know, there was, there was a time he was able to arrange for some games to be played in Milwaukee. I mean, Bud Selig, is, he, he wasn't a commissioner of baseball at the time, obviously. But, um, you know, this was 1968 to 69. But there was a time, a period in time when um, he was able to get the White Sox to play 20 games in Milwaukee. So that was Milwaukee County Stadium. So moving on, the next one is where the Mets took on Manhattan. So for 161 games from 1962 to 1963, the New York Mets actually played at the Polo Grounds. You know, the Mets, this was not long after they were a new team. And they played at the Polo Grounds because it was actually vacant for three years since the Giants had moved west. They had gone west and they left the season, sorry, not the season, they left, they left the stadium open. So uh, for two seasons, baseball's newest team, which was the Mets, they called one of baseball's most ancient stadiums home while they were waiting the completion of Shea Stadium. The Mets were actually historically poor in these seasons. They went 91 and 231 was the record overall. That's a 283 win percentage. And then 56 and 105 at the Polo Grounds. I mean, it's just not, um, yeah, not, that's not, <laughs> that's not a great record. Um, the 91 and 231 was their overall record, but the 56 and 105 was their home record. Um, but this kind of had this odd effect because when Willie Mays and the Giants made their first return to New York four years after leaving, they did so as a visiting team in their old home stadium. So imagine, for example, if the Red Sox left for Las Vegas and then later returned to Fenway Park in road uniforms. That's exactly what happened. But over the course of his career, Willie Mays hit 98 regular season home runs at the Polo Grounds, but 94 of them came at home and four of them came 
on the road. That's a fun fact. So he he played at the Polo Grounds as a road player because he you know wasn't his home stadium anymore. Number five is when the first Oakland team headed to Las Vegas. The well, we know that the NFL's Oakland Raiders are moving to Las Vegas, but before that, before that, the Oakland Athletics actually played six games in Vegas in 1996 at Cashman Field. Uh, you know, when the Raiders returned to Oakland from LA in 1995, they did so under the agreement that they could, you know, undertake some expansion work on the Oakland Coliseum, and you know that basically working on the stadium and everything to better fit it for football, but. The construction wasn't complete in time for the 1996 baseball season, so the A's actually were forced to find a new place to play. They looked to Las Vegas, and there was a tiny stadium, I guess you can call it, 9,334-seat capacity stadium. It was called Cashman Field in Las Vegas. So if you look at it from today's perspective, this actually might not seem so weird after all. I mean, after all, the Pacific Coast League has a team in Vegas, and they're actually the AAA farm team of the Oakland A's. Um, but you know, back then that wasn't the case and there was actually, they were actually throwing the idea of playing in Canada because the A's triple A team was in Edmonton, Canada, and I'm sure they were not enthused about the idea of playing outdoor baseball in Canada in April. So they went to Vegas instead. So fun little fact, uh, also there's a video of the A's turning a triple play in Las Vegas, actually. Um, you know, those games were were pretty wild because it was a high offense environment, you know, the thin air in the desert and everything. And Oakland had pretty weak pitching, so everyone was expecting a lot of runs scored. The A's allowed at least six runs in five of the six games. They walked 11 opposing hitters twice. And, yeah, I mean, but they did turn, turn a triple play where outfielder Eric Young was able to, you know, catch the ball with, you know, his back against the wall for an 8-4-3-2 triple play. So next one is when the Tampa Bay Rays visited the Magic Kingdom. This is, I mean, I guess relatively recently, 2007 and 2008, they played six games at Disney World, the ballpark at Disney's wide world of sports. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there. It's a, it's a spring training ballpark. That's where the, um, the Braves play their spring training games. But they actually had some domestic home games there outside of Tropicana Field. Uh, you know, in 2007, they were the Devil Rays, but they actually moved a series against the Rangers to Disney. They were trying to attract new fans in Central Florida. And then the next year, the Rays did the same, you know, this time against the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, like I said, this is the spring training home of the Braves. A lot of baseball fans are already in the area, and they were trying to attract new fans. That's essentially what happened. So these are officially scheduled games. And they just played two series there once each year, one in 2007, one in 2008. And last but not least, we have when the Expos played home games in Puerto Rico, 43 games from 2003 to 2004. This is in Hiram Bithorn Stadium. This is where MLB has recently played games. And um, I mean, yeah, after years of struggles in Montreal, the Expos got purchased by Major League Baseball. And it, it was pretty clear they were about to move out of Canada. So MLB scheduled games officially in Puerto Rico. And this was just, you know, I, I guess a, a staging ground, I guess a place for them to you know, kind of grow baseball. They, they figured they might as well put Montreal there while they figure out where they're going to move. You know, eventually it become the Nationals. But 
it got off to a good start. I mean, the Expos swept the Mets in a four-game se- series in 2003. And it seemed like a good idea at first. But then, you know, by 2004, the extra traveling had come to wear on, you know, the team. I mean, they made three trips to the island each season. And, you know, all the extra traveling began to wear, wear and tear on the team. And there was actually one particularly grueling stretch in the 2004 season that went Montreal to Milwaukee to Phoenix to San Juan to Montreal to Atlanta to Cincinnati to Kansas City to Seattle back to Montreal. That's that's literally like just going all over North America. <laughs> but, uh, you know, by, by the end of 2004, the team was relocated to Washington and became the Nationals. And the Puerto Rico experiment was over. I mean, at least for the Expos anyway. Major, Major League Baseball has returned there several times for a short series, and they had planned to do so again even this season, 2020. But, you know, I, I don't even I, – I don't know what's going to happen with that. So that is – that's that's a little rundown of some unexpected stadiums for different MLB teams. That's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.